Jesus as bread from heaven. You may understand the Old Testament significance of this statement, manna. Let's talk about it next on Truth For Today. If you've ever watched the Ten Commandments, or if you've ever taken an extensive study of the Old Testament, you'll know that for the 40 years the Israelites were in the desert, God provided food in the form of manna. It was called bread from heaven, and the significance of that illustration is found here in John chapter 6. Welcome to the program. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time together takes us to John 6, verses 25 through 40, as we take a look at Jesus as our bread from heaven. Here's Pastor Phil Howard now with more. The seniors are the best-fed group in this church. Go, go, go over to the senior occasions. They pig out. I mean, that's the, that's the ministry. Get away from the youth department. They're lean. Over here is where the food is. Play. Church folks like potlucks. They like to eat. He wasn't talking about that. But are you aware that every one of us live with a Grand Canyon abyss in our hearts? That we hunger for meaning, purpose, mission, fulfillment. It's amazing how many things we try to fill the vacuum and they just don't work. You know, when you're young, you think, man, if I had a hot car, maybe a Corvette, maybe a Mustang, if I can get that, no, what I really need is a slick chick. If I had that chick on my arms, I would be fulfilled. And about two days in the wedding, after the marriage, you say, did I marry the right person? I, I, I wonder if there's a better one out there that could do more for me. And you're saying, I've had Christians say, I wonder if it's the will of God. Well, it is now. <laughs> it is now, honey. Don't be praying. I wonder if he, he's got another blessing. The blessing's right there. Because I'm not sure. Well, wait. You said if you just had her, you'd be fulfilled. There's nothing in this life that will ever fulfill the deepest recesses of your heart at because C.S. Lewis said it this way, if you feel you've got desires and uh, longings for things that th th this world has never been able to fulfill, he said, it might be a clue to you that you were made for another world. See, God made us, he wouldn't put hunger in you if there wasn't something such as food. He wouldn't put thirst built into us if there wasn't something called water, drink. Whatever the longing, relationship, I, I want a companion, I, I want children. Uh, you want these very, so that the desire gives you a hint that there's something to fill it. But guess what being a human being is? It's living with unmet desires until you come to a Savior who says, I will eliminate your hunger for deep meaning and I'll eliminate the thirst in the depth of your soul. See, it was the rich man in hell that was still thirsty. And when Jesus was on the cross, he represented the cosmic thirst 
of a fallen race. But he said, I'm thirsty. I'm shut off from God. I'm on this cross and I'm dying. And I want to speak the word of hell and the word of humanity. I'm thirsting for something right now that I can't have. And that's fellowship with God. And Jesus is saying, people, I just fed you 24 hours ago and you're hungry again. Let me introduce you to a bread that quenches thirst and hunger for the rest of your life and into eternity. I am the bread that gives you eternal life and I guarantee you, you'll never hunger or thirst again. Now, I understand that to be saying, I'm going to put a river in you and I'm going to be what you feed upon from now on so that it's not we don't hunger and thirst for righteousness. He said that too. But I've been introduced to a storehouse of plenty in Christ that all eternity cannot diminish the source. I've been given a river of life in my being that my thirst is like a little pebble and there is Niagara Falls full of raw water. I'm more than you'll ever need and there will not be one crevice of your heart or being or the abyss of your loneliness that when Christ comes in, he fills the soul hunger and the soul thirst. And this is disturbing to me when someone says, I know Jesus and I'm still discontented. I'm still dissatisfied and I'm still miserable. And I'm asking, when did you drink of the water? When did you taste of this bread that quenches your inner man hunger? You may still want to be married. You may still want some things, but he's the drink that satisfies. It, 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 there is a satisfaction in him. I had a man that just sang uh, at our wedding, Robert Watson. And one of the favorite songs I used to have Robert sing for me was there are no disappointments in Jesus. He's everything he said he would be. There are no disappointments in Jesus. He's everything he said he would be. Now, come to me, crowd. I hear your stomachs growling. I hear your kids crying because you want another quick lunch. But I'm about more than physical food. I'm about that which can quench the deepest hunger in your heart. He goes on. I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. You've seen me in operation. You've seen my miracles. You were the crowd that I fed. And now you're coming here and saying, we want another miracle. Do something like Moses did. He said, you've seen me in operation and you still don't believe. You've got me on test and trial. The problem is with you. How much would it take to get you to believe in me? Nobody will be in hell that hasn't had enough evidence presented to them. But we are stubborn sinners and we want to keep snapping to God. You got to show me some more. Do some more. Come on. Go. Perform for me. I want a miracle. I want a sign. I want some more bread. Matter of fact, if you don't do it, I'm not going to believe in you. He said, you've already seen what I've done and you don't believe. I'm not dancing for you. I'm not a God that's made to satisfy your wondering desire. I'm a God that owes you no miracles. And you don't believe me after I've done them. Do you ever bargain, God, if you do this, I'll serve you. 
God, if you do this, I'll, you know what? What would you do if you heard him say, all right, see you later? It's a foolish thing to bargain with the offer of eternal life. You better take it when he is knocking at the door of your heart. Now listen to what he says. You guys have seen what I've done and won't come. Here's the mystery. Who, who finally gets it? Why did you get it? Anybody in your family that doesn't know the Lord? Why you? You were the smartest. You were the nicest. Let's leave that alone. Look at verse 37. All that the Father gives me, I can't hear you, will come to me. Who comes? All that the Father gives to the Son. This is what we call sovereign election. God has a people that he's going to reward his son with. I love the saying of the Moravians in 1732 when they went out from Germany as missionaries. Their motto was, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. We're going to go out and evangelize in the West Indies where they died. Because we believe the lamb died for people there that are dying in the sugar plantation. And we're going to leave Germany. And we're going to come and evangelize them. And their model, they sang it on the dock. May the lamb receive the reward of his suffering. And here the father has told the son... If you'll go to the cross, I'll give you a people. If you become a king, I'm not saving anybody because you're the king. But will you go to the cross? And he's on his way to the cross. And it says, Jesus says, I'm not disillusioned. The ones that will come to me, the Father has given. I am astounded at that verse. Does that mean the Father gave me to the Son? Sure sounds like it. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Well, who do we know who the Father has given? They're the ones that come. I'm giving them. What will they do? They will come to you. Hmm. That's simple, isn't it? Have you ever had people say, I don't know if I'm elect or not. Well, I don't either. I wish God would have painted a yellow stripe down the back of everybody that's elect. And that'd be the only ones I'd evangelize. The rest of you aren't going to be saved anyway. You, you're going to reject it. Woo! I say, yellow stripe. Come here, honey. Let me tell you about Christ. It doesn't work that way. You don't know who the elect are. I don't know, except for one clue. Have you come to Jesus? Have you believed in Jesus? If you have believed in Jesus, obviously God chose to give you as a gift to his son. And he said, they'll come. And then he says something here. Look at the verse and yell back at me. I don't want you to sleep out there. This is July, but you can be awake in July. Watch this verse. And whoever comes to me, I will. What, what does it say? Never drive away, cast away. But you know how I took that verse for years? I understood it. Whoever comes to me, I won't shut out. You know, I come to the door, and he says, you can't get in. He's not saying that. Let me give you the word. It's a little word, ekbalo, 
Easy. Not, ek is our word exit. Out of. Greek preposition, out of. Balo, simple, to throw. Jesus used it when he said, uh, pray the Lord thrust labors into the harvest. The word for thrust is cast him out into the harvest. Ek, balo, throw him out into it. Pray the Lord thrust labors. So this means to take by force and throw you out. Now listen to what he says. If the Father has given you to the Son, and you have come to the Son, in Greek, he does a double negative. It's wrong in English. The double negative is ou me. Ou is no, and me is no. But in Greek, they'll do a double negative for emphasis. They shall absolutely no, never be thrust out once they're in. Do you see it? When you cast them out, he's not saying, I'm going to shut you out. No, once you get in, ain't nobody in going to throw you out. Now, we've made salvation so humanly dependent. I got, I got saved. I came. Hey, what did God have to do with it? He gave you. In verse 44, you won't come unless he draws you. You didn't just save yourself. And when you did come by grace and through faith, once you got in, I was saved for um, six, uh, at least 12 years before I thought I wouldn't be cast out. And if anybody I'd want to cast out, it'd be Peter, big coward. I mean, how would you want someone to be one of the apostles of your church? And his claim to fame is, I denied him three times and I said I wouldn't. And right when he was on trial, I said, I don't know the man. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. And when he looked at Jesus, Jesus could say, see you, Peter, you're out. You remember what he said in Luke 22? Peter, the enemy is going to sift you like wheat. And you're going to deny me and do things you never thought you can do. But I'm praying for you. And when you're converted, go strengthen the brothers. He didn't get cast out. You know, a lot of cultures, if the girl gets pregnant... Before she's married, she's pregnant out of wedlock. Guess what the father does? Guess what the village does? You're banned from our house. You're banned from our village. You can't be pregnant in this country and in this village and ever get back in. And here he says, if you come to me, I'll let you in. And once you're in, there'll be no hand that will ever cast you out. And he said it in John 10, 29. Oh, look, you don't believe me. Listen, look at John. You were just messing with me right then. Come look at it here. John 10, 29. Are you there? My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Look at John 17. John 17, his high priestly prayer. Verse 6. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. You gave them. Look at chapter 18, verse 9. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. Can you imagine Christ? Uh, I can see the final roll call. And, and God the Father says to the Son, I gave you a million souls. What have you done with them? Well, we lost 50,000 on the way. We lost, you know, there's wolves out there, Father. There's temptations. 
Uh, the devil's strong. Lust is strong. Temptation is strong. And, and I, I wanted to get them here, but they were picked off at the ravine. The wolf ate up the best lambs. Some drowned in the river. Some fell over cliffs. Wadis all over the Judean wilderness. I, I, I did my best, but I lost a few on the way. He said, when I get there, I could tell the Father, I've lost nothing of what you gave me. I've lost nothing of what you gave me. All we like sheep have gone astray, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Bless your heart, honey. If you could get lost after getting saved, all of us would have missed it. Because we're all, we, we stay in trouble all the time. Prone to wonder. Prone to leave the God I love. Take my heart. Seal it for your courts above. Oh, you know, when I read the Peter narrative of his denial, I don't, Christ isn't the model of me. Peter is. Peter is my picture. You'll cave in after pressure. You'll cave in and I can't imagine. I can't imagine what the early children of God went through in the book of Acts. I think, I, I thought I was doing good to pray over my food at Richmond High Cafeteria. Because I didn't want the cool cats to see me praying. Well, who cares if those hooligans would care if I pray or not? How could I elevate a bunch of hoods to the place that I stake myself where I don't want them seeing me praying? I got over it. I started packing a New Testament in the ninth grade. And I, I wore it. Every teacher let me read a chapter before they called on me in the class. I read a chapter before. I, so I read seven chapters a day at school from the ninth grade on because I didn't have to see the dean anymore. I, I wasn't in the dean's office anymore. So I carried that little New Testament. I had a guy at Richmond High pushing on me, wanting to fight me. I said, I'm not afraid of you. I, I just quit fighting, got saved. He didn't know what that was. He started pushing me and hit that and knocked my New Testament out of my pocket. And he said, oh, what's this? And started making fun of me. And I finally picked it up. I said, since you're so bad and so tough, I want you to carry this the rest of the day. Not me. I said, no, you're a coward. You don't know him. But I gladly bear his name. I'll gladly keep it. I'm not carrying a pack of lucky strikes, honey. I'm carrying the New Testament, the Word of God. But how cowardly we can be. Just think, if it was possible to lose it, don't you think we would have all lost it? But I didn't find him. He found me. I didn't tell him I could keep him. He said he could keep me. I wasn't given to him on my own. The Father gave me to the Son. And he said, Son, I can trust you to keep him. Only you can get him to the city. And that's who we're resting in. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ the solid rock. I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. Man, I wish you'd get happy. You knew what I was saying? You could at least get happy. God can keep you forever, you rascals. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should only lose a few. Oh, wait. Oh, good. Now that's what you spoke. You look at that text and correct me. That I should lose 
none of all that he has given me. But I'll even raise it up on the last day. Isn't that, you come to me, I'll quench your hunger, I'll quench your thirst, I won't ever throw you out, and by the way, I'll take care of the future. I'm going to resurrect your body. That's what he's saying. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have temporary life. Oh, oh part, eternal, eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. I give you Jesus, friend. I give you Jesus. I have nothing else. I'm not a miracle worker. I don't know how to do miracles. You'll have to watch Benny. I can't do them. I can make you fall over, but the miracle is if you can get up and walk in the Spirit. I have more problem walking in the Spirit than falling over. He said you'll walk in the Spirit. He didn't say you'll faint in the Spirit. Can you walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh? I would tell you that's the kind of thing I want the Spirit to do. But have you ever come to Jesus? What, how long will it, how much more time do you need? How much more time? I, this may be hard on you. You can never be saved on your terms. You've got to come when you hear his voice. When he calls you. When he says, I'm giving you to my son. I'm giving you to my son. Do you want to come? Do you want to follow? Do you think he's enough to quench the hunger of your heart? He said he is. And there's millions that will say he, he's everything he said he would be. I am the bread from heaven. We'll look next week and try to find out what he means when he says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no, you have no part of me. I've had people leave here before because they thought we were cannibalistic when we took communion. Come back, we'll find out what he meant there. What he meant. And if you follow Christ, when we take communion tonight, we take communion for three reasons. We share that we are sharing in his life. We are connected with the head of the church. We're members of his body. Two, some mysterious way tonight, whether I teach or not, Christ is going to be proclaimed when we just take communion and do it reverently before him. We will proclaim Christ. And this you may not understand yet. It's mysterious. It seems mystical. But there is a foretaste in communion of actually saying, I'm feasting on the bread of heaven, not the sacrament, but it's celebrating in symbol what I really have begun to partake of spiritually. I'm a feeder on Christ. I'm a nourished man on Christ. And the bread and the cup are just weak symbols of a deeper truth. I feed on Christ. He's my sustenance. He's my eternal life. He is the bread that will satisfy forever. And when I break the bread tonight, I will celebrate. I got my first taste when I was a 14-year-old boy. And I want to tell you, he gets better, sweeter, and more fulfilling every day I know it. He gets sweeter. Life forever in Jesus Christ. 
That's the title of our series here in the book of John. And we trust our time together today has encouraged you in Christ as we work our way through this wonderful gospel. It is our hope and prayer that chapter 20 and verse 31 will come to bear on your own heart and mind, that you understand why John wrote what he wrote for the purpose of believing and having life eternal in Christ. To review a copy of today's program or to obtain the entire series, we would ask you to get in touch with us here at Truth For Today, and there are a couple of ways to do so. You can call us at 855-833-9864, or you can stop by our website, valleybible.org, and take advantage of the resource materials that we have posted there as well. You're also welcome to write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California, the zip code 94547. And as always, your gifts make a great difference here at the ministry. No matter how large or how small, your financial contributions to this ministry allow us to continue presenting the gospel here on KFAX. As a TFT sustainer, we would also like to pass along your way a quarterly newsletter along with our once-a-year special gift and access to Take a Break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional that we have. Again, these are all just simple ways of saying thank you for supporting us financially, realizing that this broadcast is presented daily here on KFAX through your financial involvement as well as your prayerful support. One other note as we close out our time together today, we would like to invite you to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. You can find out all of the details and directions at our website, valleybible.org. That's valleybible.org. We thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure to share God's Word with you. And we look forward to the next time when we can do it again here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Phil Howard.